0: fellow adventurers, welcome to a Nat One Life podcast series called Homebrew Heals. Here, my sister Amanda and I will talk about our different journeys we have taken or are still on to resolve our medical issues. From gut issues to skin issues, we have experienced a lot in our 30 years. We do not have any medical backgrounds, but feel we have rolled high enough in our investigation and health checks and want to share our experiences with you. So come along this journey with us and see what we discover together.
1: But there are people out there that sell their breast milk and and or donate it to like um, moms that can't produce breast milk and they're like have babies that are starving, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But there are benefits to breast milk because it has a lot of um, antibodies. I don't even know. I'm not a scientist, people. Remember the disclaimer at the beginning? We are not (laughs) doctors or scientists, but it has a lot of health benefits in it. And But you're right, but then people are like, gr- gross, why would you drink breast milk? Okay, you're literally willing to drink the juice of a tit of a cow, but not of a human. Sarah, question for you. Throughout all of these gut issues and poop problems, um, and we'll get updates here in a second on where we're at, but are you ever just fatigued by life and just like, you know, lack the will to live
0: uh yeah it's uh some days are better than others uh which is kind of funny to say because it seems a little typical or cliche to say that but it, it's true I feel like some days are better than others and uh, it's either because of what's going on around me daily life or it's literally just because of the certain foods that I eat.
1: Hmm. And so when you think about your mental health in terms of your gut issues, what's the thing that like strikes you the most um, in terms of maybe what's changed as you've gotten older? So we've kind of
0: alluded to it in our prior podcasts on this channel, as well as the blog posts. If, Our listeners are following along there as well. But it seems like there has been a mental impact throughout my whole life for one reason or another because of my gut issues. So as I mentioned before, like growing up, I tried to hide the Mm -hmm. gut issues from other people. So ultimately, I felt Different from other people or ashamed or weak. Um, And then I developed this great way of lying and hiding Mm -hmm. how I feel from other people to the point where into my marriage, I finally opened up to my husband. So it was after we got married, I opened up to my husband about my thoughts on my gut issues and whatnot. And so then once I decided to find help from doctors, from professionals in regards to resolving my gut issues, it then started turning into no longer like I'm beating myself up, but now the procedures that I'm going through are like causing a physical effect on mm-hmm. my mental health. Mm hmm. So I I honestly just feel like my whole life, there has just been a effect on my mental health because of gut issues.
1: So we're going to get real deep here and personal. Have you seen like a counselor or a therapist about any of that? And have you ever been diagnosed with any type of mental health disorders? I don't even know if they call them disorders anymore, so I should look into that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think they're trying to change that because it has such, like, a nasty negative. Context. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and No, I haven't. I have thought about it more and more as I get older and as more and more things happen in life. And it's not necessarily just because I'm getting older. It's because as I'm getting older, my, it's like my eyes are opening mm-hmm. and... I'm realizing how messed up a lot of different things throughout life have been. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have seriously considered it, but it goes right back to like old habits. If I seek like assistance from a counselor or from anybody else, that means that I now have to admit and be 100% honest Mm -hmm. with a stranger about all of my thoughts in my life and that is it makes me really nervous
1: sure yeah no and I can totally understand that I mean even the other day when you were sending me your Marco Polo about your stomach and your diet and some things that you've been um, experimenting with you weren't even willing to admit one thing there. And I'm sure we'll get to that when we get to the updates, but you were like, I can't even say that out loud because I don't even want to admit that. Yeah. I'm like, not, I am not ready to, to say myself. it out loud. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, so it's the first step in it, uh, is admitting you have a problem. You're like, I can't admit that out loud because <laughs> I don't want to take that step yet. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, interesting. So, we We are gonna have a mental health podcast for all of those listening. So woohoo, get ready for that. Um, it's coming. But part of the reason why is because, um like Sarah just mentioned, we have been experiencing different things and I've had things happen in my childhood as well that have caused me to have a lot of mental health conditions are what they're called now. I looked it up real quick. Um, but the reason why we want to talk about this is it's it's just so potent and so prevalent with COVID and um, everything that we're experiencing with the uh, Black Lives Matter movement and the police brutality that's out there and the stuff happening in the elections and all the bickering and all the infighting. It's a lot as Americans to take on Mm -hmm. this constant flow of information. And so one in five U.S. adults experience mental illness each year. One in 25 experience serious mental illness. One in six of our youth from ages six to 17 experience a mental health disorder each year. And 50% of all lifetime mental health illnesses begin by age 14 and 75% of them begin by age 24.
0: And I will say I had a huge dip in, in mental health when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, Mom and dad were made aware of it at the time. Um, I don't know. This is sad to say,
1: um, but I honestly don't know if they remember. And I remember. I know exactly what you're about to say, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, you wanted to know what heaven was like. Yes, exactly. Yep. I do remember that because I was scared. I was in my 20s. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and...
0: It was, it sounds a little messed up, but I will go into full detail about that experience. Um, But, and it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's scary that something like this, like statistically hearing one in six and then hearing like how many Mm -hmm. like teenagers there are in the U.S. Like that's, um, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What about you
1: in your your mm. experience of life? Well, so specific to gut issues, it's really interesting because for me, it's a chicken and an egg situation. I don't know which came first. I don't know if my gut issues impact my anxiety, and my anxiety in, my anxiety definitely impacts my gut issues. Yep, but same. because if i'm anxious i will be shitting my brains out like yep. it's just if it gets to a certain point that's how my body processes what i'm the the feelings i'm ha- having so um but i've been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder um and depression um and so it's and it wasn't it's i don't have seasonal depression or postpartum depression. I've have had postpartum depression after Katie was born. She's 17 now. So it's been a long time. Um, but a general depression. So basically what that means is generalized anxiety disorders. Um, essentially it means that you worry about everyday life. It can consume hours of your day. It makes it hard to concentrate Like, I'm getting emotional because it's hard to admit.
0: Oh, same here. I'm sure our audience can hear our voices shaking because this is real. This is uh, very intense for us both. And uh, to have to admit to how many people, however many people are going to be listening is a big deal. And that's why I have a hard time like imagine me not even being able to want to go speak to a single person in private right about this
1: <laughs> hello world
0: they're right and but luckily <laughs> i can't see you listeners that's right. the only
1: way i'm getting through this right now <laughs> right yeah so a person that has i'm just reading this generalized anxiety disorder can become exhausted Just from worrying. They get tension, headaches, they get nausea, just from worrying. And it's like, my husband, Paul, he is amazing at talking through, uh, like, oh, I just worry about right now. I worry about, he'll tell me, like, I worry about, you know, what's for dinner? So I'll be like, oh, what do you want to do next week? And he's like, I don't know. I'm just thinking about what we're going to have for dinner tomorrow or yeah. tonight or whatever. And so people that have generalized anxiety disorder, it's just like you're just I'm worried about everything. I'm worried about, uh, you know, everything I need to get done for the day. I'm worried about whether or not it's going to get done right. How am I going to do that? What if nobody likes it? And it spirals. And then it makes you exhausted mentally and physically. And then you don't get anything done. So then I also have depression. <laughs> so then you get depressed because you didn't get anything done. And so it's this constant like cycle. And, and then on top of that, with the gut issues, when you're then like, I feel so bad all the time because I'm nauseous, because I'm not getting enough nutrition, you know, X, Y, and Z things that we've already talked about in the podcast. For me, my anxiety then goes out of control because it's like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to waste away. Maybe I'm in my head. Do I have an eating disorder? Do I have all the, like, it just, just goes. You're like, hey, where's the rational part of me? Where did she go? Because I know she exists. She gets shit done. But she just leaves the building. And so it's really interesting. um, From the gut issue side of things. To to see how my anxiety can impact me. When it comes to pooping. And to vomiting. And just general nausea. But then also like. The worrying about the gut issues. Mm -hmm. Causes issues with my anxiety and depression. So
0: And when you say that you were diagnosed, so have Mm -hmm. you seen a counselor or therapist or anything like that?
1: Yeah. Yes. So I saw, I see, yes, I see a counselor through my, my primary care doctor is really cool because they have like a team of doctors that they work with and they recently expanded their team to include, um, it's not psychiatry department. It's a psychology department. So they're counselors and psychologists and not psychiatrists. So the difference is like psychiatrists can prescribe medication. Psychologists okay. don't prescribe medication. Okay. The talk therapy basically. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah. So I talked to somebody, but it is hard because you got to admit some shit. And if you really want it to work, like you could go and just lie to yourself all day in therapy, but but it's really cool because they do them virtually. So. Oh, they
0: do. Nice. Yep. That's nice. Okay, so um, uh, do, you, do you bring up
1: your gut issues? Yeah, but that's so... <clears throat> I don't think that our medical community or process or maybe it's because of HIPAA, I'm not really sure. But it's like we haven't evolved enough to, and we're about to get into something I'm super passionate about, root cause problem solving. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Doctors are practicing medicine. We talked about that in our previous podcast, right? So there's all of these things that different things could be like, oh, well, your gut issues could be just caused by your anxiety. Maybe if we get your anxiety under control, your gut issues will be better. So okay. then they're like, let me medicate you, which I have been medicated. I'm not currently taking anything. Um, funny. Stop working at certain places and anxiety suddenly becomes controllable. So imagine that. Imagine that. Um, anyway, so it's like they want to medicate you for your anxiety. OK, did that help you with your gut issues? No, I'm still having gut issues. OK, well, then you can go see a gastrointestinal specialist, but we're still going to medicate you for your anxiety. And then I'll have like a skin thing flare up. And then it's like, they're not maybe realizing that most likely all of this is connected. And I am 80% convinced that most likely it's related to food. Mm, Yeah. So.
0: And I, I honestly am kind of coming to that conclusion as well. Mm -hmm. Um. I I feel like I still have a ways to go, but the more and more I focus on my gut issues, the more and more I'm realizing, like, how much food impacts me. Like, it is, it's just crazy to think that it, it shouldn't be. Like, food is our source of energy. That's how we function. That's how humans survive. Mm-hmm. We, we need it. And so... Okay. There's food, different kinds of food all over the world. And so if you grow up on certain types of food, then that's what your body is going to become accustomed to. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, living in America, we have gone off the way of natural items. Like, oh my gosh, I saw a video where there was an old ad where they were advertising that butter, like eating a stick of butter straight was healthy. Gross. and that, Yeah. For, and I was, and obviously now we know better, but it's like, what are we doing now that we don't know better about? And mm-hmm. we have all this junk food or even like the food that is supposed to be healthy. And it, it has all these additives and, They've already changed the food pyramid where bread was supposed to be really good for you. And now it's like, no, 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 you're only supposed to eat this amount of grain. And right. and it's, it's just, I find it confusing because I want to go back to basics of eating only natural mm-hmm. foods. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's like, there could be natural foods that we're not supposed to eat as humans,
1: Mhm. Like milk.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, like cow's milk. milk.
1: We're the only species on the planet that drinks another mammal's milk. Think about that.
0: And it's uh not it's not
1: socially acceptable to continue to drink breast milk. Right. Yeah. And there are actually benefits. Now, this is going to do- dive way deep into weirdness right now. Anybody yeah. listening? But there are people out there that sell their breast milk and and or donate it to, like, um, moms that can't produce breast milk and they're, like, have babies that are starving, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But there are benefits to breast milk because it has a lot of... um antibodies. I don't even know. I'm not a scientist, people. Remember the disclaimer at the beginning. We are not doctors or scientists, but it has a lot of health benefits in it. And But you're right. But then people are like, gr- gross. Why would you drink breast milk? Okay, you're literally willing to drink the juice of a tit of a cow, but not of a human.
0: Right. And it, there was that one, uh, I don't know if it was a person or a, a company that was creating ice cream out of breast milk yeah and
1: Mm -hmm. they got so much crap for it yep i know it's weird well and then um what is her name selma hayek she had had twins like i think this is probably 15 years ago it's been a long time but um she went down to somewhere in africa and um was feet breastfeeding babies because the mother's couldn't either breastfeed because they didn't have nutrition um, or they were HIV positive and they were told not to mm. breastfeed their babies because it could transmit to their the virus. And so, um, and so she was breastfeeding these babies and she got so much shit. And I'm like, why she had more than enough milk to feed her own children and these other babies. She was, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we digress. So, Paul also said he would drink her milk. <laughs> I bet you would. I bet Brian I would, would, too. <laughs> she's hot. And if I look, could look like that at her age, hot damn. She's like
0: right?
1: Old. She's older than 50. I think she's my mom's age. Well, she's hot for age. Yeah, she is. Paul's like, she's damn sexy. Oh, by the way. Oh, yes. But we digress. So yeah. where were we before breast milk? We were talking about, oh, humans, yeah, don't we're the only ones that like drink the milk of other animals. So to your point, like we should, we're definitely eating things we shouldn't be, especially as Americans. So Paul and I did a snack exchange with this lady from Canada, British Columbia. Okay. Now we're in Washington for those of you, that are geographically challenged. And so British Columbia is literally right above us. Okay. And we are in Northern Washington. So it's legit. Like we could drive two hours and be in Canada. I think two hours directly North of us is Alberta, but anyway, so we can go to British Columbia very easy. For some reason, this lady was like, Oh, because we were like, what kind of snacks do you want? Well, apparently Canadians cannot get the snacks that we have in the United States, even though they're our northern neighbors. And we get all these crazy flavors of Oreos. We get crazy flavors of chips, like all of this weird stuff. So our snack buddy was um, Asian. Do you remember what? Korean. She was Korean. Okay. And so, and lived in British Columbia. So she sent us a box of a whole bunch of Korean snacks because she had just got like a shipment from her family. Oh, nice. And, um, a whole bunch of Canadian snacks. And then we sent her all of these snacks back, but we started doing all of this research. Peanut butter apparently is an American thing only. It is hella expensive to get peanut butter, anything, anywhere else in the world, um, people will pay for Americans to send like Reese's peanut butter cups because it's cheaper for them to pay for the shipping than it is for them to go buy peanut butter cups. What? Yeah. And we have peanuts coming out our ass. Okay. Our right? government pays <laughs> the peanut farmers and we have so many peanuts. Okay.
0: Peanuts mm. are grown in the warm climates of Asia, Africa, Australia, North and South America. So, there, there's quite a few places that have peanuts. So, then I wonder why they're not grown. Um, I don't United know. You should States, look it up. Yeah. United States planted about 2% of the world acreage of peanuts, but grew over 5% of the world's crop because of higher yields per acre.
1: Mm. Weird. Anyway. So, you can't get a lot of snacks. This is my point. Mm-hmm. And, Anywhere else in the world that you can get in the United States, and the United States food industry is really, really messed up. Yeah, and it it really changed like not even that long ago because if you think about it, like in the 50s and probably even in the early 60s, people still had local farmers. Mm, yeah, they were still mm-hmm. going and like I'm gonna go down to the market and buy my fresh produce from the local farmers today or. Betty Sue's coming over and bringing me her chicken eggs. You know, it wasn't this culture that we have now of like the grocery store. And that really changed in the 50s. If you think about like Betty Crocker and all the frozen stuff and like the microwave, I think, came out around that time, like to be inside homes. Interesting. So Paul actually did a report in school on microwaves and how they were invented and he's oh so weird. All the stuff that we learn about each other. And he said that um they were actually invented before World War Two because they were messing around with microwaves, like yes. the actual wave radiation. Yes. And um he had a this is such a weird random fact that he knows this, but now both of us will know it. The um guy that discovered or invented the actual microwave, he um had a Hershey bar in his pocket and while he was messing around with it, he discovered his Hershey bone. <gasps> that's buns, right.
0: Nothing. Percy I remember Spencer. that.
1: Percy Spencer Ye- was his name. Anyway. Um so he created the microwave oven. So that's so crazy. Um why were we talking about microwaves? Shit.
0: Um, so what? we were talking about how oh. our grocery stores have yeah. come to be.
1: So, if you think about that, like, and that makes total sense if it was pre-World War II and it got really big in the 50s, that's when all of the whole housewife thing was going on, right? So, it's like, yeah, the perfect housewife. Look, I can vacuum and raise the children and make the food. And frozen food got really popular. And then all the preservatives got really popular, too, during World War II because we were sending food over to our troops. And remember, we had talked about dying cheddar. Yep. Orange. Similar thing. So... I I can see why the food industry shifted, but then it shifted more because of money and, Mm -hmm. oh, well we can't, the industrial revolution and, oh, we can mass produce things. Well, if we just put all these cows in this small area and, oh, we have a whole bunch of corn, we'll just feed them corn instead of grass. They still get fat. They still do this. Well, we'll give them hormones, blah, blah, blah. Well, then we start seeing, impacts to that later down the road so this goes back to your point of we don't know what we don't know until we know it (laughs) and so the hormones like now we have all these sayings that are like hormone free um you know uh antibiotic free because we know that the what we're putting into the animals impacts the food that we're putting into our body Mm -hmm. and So, when milk was a big thing, they were adding all these hormones into the the cows, the dairy cows, to make them keep producing their milk. And girls started getting their periods younger and younger because of the hormones. Like, And I shouldn't say because of. That's one of the theories. And so, we don't know. We're doing all of these things because either we want to, like, increase the yield or – so, the amount that we're getting or – how fast it can be gotten so like fattening up the the chickens really fast so that they can go to slaughter sooner or the pigs or you know there's all these things that they do to the cows they have plugs in their sides like literal corks that they uncork the cows and shovel out the corn that they can't digest out of their four stomachs by hand and then they squirt a whole bunch of antibiotic solution in there and plug them back up like what the fuck how yeah. did our food industry get to that So it's
0: it's unfortunate because it's just it's almost like a domino effect. Like Mm -hmm. you just see all of like the reason why everything is happening is just like population. Population is increasing. And so then people started freaking out, thinking that there's not enough food in the world. Mm -hmm. And so then they uh, started doing things to try and increase the amount of food and Now we're even thinking or scientists are looking into how we can create food like in a lab Out out of nothing. And so when in fact like it's like great that's scientifically like my brain is like that's amazing that as humans we are getting to the point where we are discovering these different ways of creating and like moving further into the future and just I... I love that. However, the other part of me is like, well, why aren't we just teaching people how to sustain themselves? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like we're necessarily going to run out of food if everybody is given a starter
1: plant for the basics and they can just sustain themselves. Well, and that's the thing is like people don't know. A lot of it's a dying art. Like, learning to garden and grow your own food and do all of that. Like, yeah, it's just totally a dying art and people don't know what to do. But also, it's almost like, I don't know, taboo might be the wrong word. It's unconventional.
0: Right. But in my brain, it's like, yeah, I understand. Like, a lot of people are probably... Not liking me right now. And what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But I mean ultimately. If you think about it. If our world. If our timeline. Went down a different path. Mm -hmm. If you take away what society is like now. And just like a book. Write a new kind of society. Would that have worked out better for us? Health wise. Mm -hmm. Not like not necessarily. Scientifically progressing. But just health wise and with our gut issues and how it's impacting now our mental health. Like, was it worth it?
1: Yeah. Well, it, yeah, no. And that's it, exactly. And I think too about a lot of what we do and this kind of goes to the processing of food and there's ways to preserve food that don't lose vitamins. Um, mm-hmm. nutritional value, vitamins, minerals, etc. Um, but there's also, you know, ways to process food that completely destroy everything. And that's usually what we do in our um, food industry in the United States. But when we think about like mental health too, and the impacts that the mental health mental health, um, or the gut issues can have on our mental health and how mental health can affect our gut issues. And then we're constantly prescribed different types of medication. And if you really research these different medications, they come from fucking nature. They come from food. They come from plants. And so my naturopath that I've gone to, their theory is that a majority of our illness and inflammation is caused by inflammation in in our body. And that that inflammation is caused by like 70% of the time by what we are eating. And how, and so it's like one thing that I knew, um, and this will kind of get us into where we're at right now is I cut out soda and I was good. I didn't drink any soda for like two weeks. It's like mm-hmm. 14, 17 days. I felt way better. Yeah. Way better. And I'm talking no soda at all because I would still have soda that was sh- like all natural sugar. Cause I know the corn syrup fucks me up. Oh, same. But I'm like, well, this is all natural sugar. But then you think about it and think about how processed this is, right? Because I'm looking at a bottle that I had last night because this two weeks has not been recent. It was a couple weeks ago. Um, But it's like carbonated water. Okay, carbonation. I'm pretty sure just is one of those things that fucks me up. It definitely makes you more acidic. Cane sugar. Sugar. We could do a whole episode on sugar because... Do you know how processed sugar is? Even if you get sugar in the raw or, you know, all natural cane sugar, blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah, no matter what, it has to go through a process
1: to get it to the point of where we consume it. Right. And by the time you get sugar that's like white sugar that you bake with, it has been bleached and dried and crystallized and chemicals and like all of this stuff done to it to get it to that state for consumption for us to use. And so when you think about like soda or any type of sugary beverage, number one, the United States has a serious problem and I am totally one of those people. I'm addicted. And, um, but how processed this is, and there's literally like phosphoric acid, natural flavors, and caffeine, you know, like there's only five ingredients in this Mexican Coke, but none of it is like, I went outside and picked a Coke plant
0: Right. And looking up carbonation, like, right now,
1: digestion. Mm-hmm.
0: it says carbonation is a chemical reaction of carbon dioxide to give carbonates, bicarbonates, and car- carbonic acid. So it's just straight up, like, they're making it acidic through a, a chemical reaction.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, and it's like, so then it's like, when we think about What about carbonated beverages and our guts? And a lot of what I've read, it says that they're not really related, that you can have carbonation. But it's like, but it makes me feel like crap. Because I'll drink the just plain, you know, I like the LaCroix, you know, whatever. And they still make me feel like crap. And so I've done a lot of reading about the, the acidity levels in your body. Mm -hmm. And that can do a lot of damage if you have very high acidity level. So if you're eating and drinking things like orange juice, coffee, which I love, soda, which I love, um, tea, uh, any type of, you know, citrus fruits, anything that's carbonated. And then if you drink bottled water, which I don't, but a lot of bottled water is very acidic. It's not neutral or more base which is what you want it to be because we eat so many acidic things and that can really impact your system so that'd be interesting to do some more discussion on
0: yeah for sure like especially you mentioning uh water bottles mm-hmm. it's i know this is this may be common knowledge but for some it's not like water bottles go like the water company Each one goes through a different process and each one has a different way. That's why there's people like me personally, I cannot stand Fiji water. Mm. I think it does not taste good. It I can just I, 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 I won't drink it. And then I can also tell the difference between like Dasani and just my great value local water bottles. Not Mm -hmm. local, that's Walmart brand, but great value. Well, they they each go through their own process and then they add their own things. And usually it's some form what they advertise as nutrients or vitamins, what have you, more natural things from the earth. And it's like, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. is it really like
1: you're
0: adding it in? (laughs)
1: Right. Well, oh, my gosh. It's so crazy. I would seriously recommend to anybody listening to go do some research on the bottled water industry. Paul and I watched a documentary on Netflix um, years ago about bottled water. And number one, they're not regulated. Nothing is regulated in the bottled water industry. There's no checks on anything, no bacteria testing. They all say that they do all of this. Um, there's a Netflix, uh, the Netflix documentary that I'm talking about, it's called A Bottled Life. And it has to do with Nestle's water business because they own a lot of the different water yeah. companies. But there's actually more children in the world that die from drinking contaminated water Than um, from conflicts, from different conflicts than in traffic accidents or HIV or anything like that. Just from drinking it. So. uh, It's just interesting. So basically in this documentary that Paul and I watched, they literally go out with these huge empty tanker trucks and put like a a hose, a suction hose, a vacuum hose into lakes And they pump the water out and these entire um, like neighborhoods and cities are then impacted because they their city or whatever made the choice to go sell this body of water to Nestle. Or it was like in an unincorporated area and they can just go take the water Mm. and they just take the water and then these local places don't have any water like they're not getting any natural water anyway but it's crazy because then they go out and they test the bottled water and they're almost all contaminated with bacteria and
0: something yeah with
1: something and then they're put in these plastic bottles that deteriorate over time and they sit in these hot trucks during the summer and they're leaching chemicals into the water so
0: when it's and unfortunately, it doesn't help when then people are like, OK, well, then I'll just drink tap water. And then it's like, OK, well, you have to make sure that you're maintaining your house and like your pipes, your pipes. Whatnot.
1: Yeah. But the what they reveal in that documentary is that municipal water is required legally to be tested. Yeah. Like eight times a day, a day. Yeah. And there's absolutely no testing going on of the bottled water, so it's really crazy. But so acidity levels are huge because there's not any any type of like regulation. You don't get a label that says, you know, this is the acid level that you're adding to your body. So you have to be aware. And I've seen people on YouTube do like um, acidity level testing in the different types of bottled water, trying to figure out like which ones to buy. But then to your point, is each batch the same. Right. You know, are they following the same process or did they just happen? I don't know. So it's really kind of crazy. And then the other one is food ink. Um oh. it is messed up. Uh it talks about the FDA and how they just get bought off all the time. They're barely doing the inspections they're supposed to be doing. Talks about like Walmart, Tyson, um, it talk it basically talks about how unaware we are as people that buy products about where our food come from food comes from, what it's allowed to have in it, and how much that it actually costs.
0: But going back to what we were discussing before, ultimately it's it's we're in the same boat, except for maybe some people like us are trying to To take back that knowledge so when this whole thing started when we were moving away from our farmers market or Mm -hmm. moving away from local produce going to the mass people didn't question it like people didn't necessarily ask like well how is this possible and then we would get answers from the supposed scientists Saying, uh, "Oh, well, don't worry. This is the results of the test. Or, oh, don't worry. This, um that, like, there only natural goes into it. Therefore, it's a natural product. And, and people just accepted it. They were like, okay, like, right. they're not scientists. They're not going to go and do their own testing or go break it down for them or whatnot. They." We have to accept what is given to us. And it's unfortunate that we were taken advantage of almost,
1: it seems Mm -hmm. like. Well, and I think that, like, the timing was probably where it was, right? Because if you think about it coming out of the Second World War, you know, more poverty, not a time of plenty. And then being like, look at all this food. Look what we can do. Right. You know, and it's like, oh, it's nice to have you know just to have to have stuff well and and so I think you don't question
0: right you don't question it and I have to say for me personally I always get starry-eyed when it comes to scientific improvement Mm -hmm. I am always fascinated with what our scientists are able to do but it blocks our our like uh what is it called I guess it, I don't know if it blocks, like, our critical mindset or, like, it makes us not think about the reality of the issue. And going back to how did we get to this point?
1: Right. Kind of like when in the 90s or early 2000s, I can't remember exactly when, when they cloned the sheep, Dolly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, but should we be cloning sheep? Should we be cloning anything? And it wasn't.
0: not even from like a religious standpoint,
1: no, just in from a morality standpoint, right? Not no religion in there, but like, should we be cloning DNA? And I don't know the answer to that, and I don't I don't know if this is the right forum for that discussion, but like right. to your point, I get I love science. science is fucking cool. It's awesome. but I feel like there's a lot that we can learn from nature. Well, in, yeah.
0: There's a whole bunch of theories, and I don't want this to turn into conspiracy theories or whatnot. But it's yeah, we I I can understand us looking out to space and discovering that. I think that's extremely important. Yeah. But I also think half our scientific team should be focusing on Earth itself, Mm -hmm. our home
1: base. (laughs) How do we sustain this? Because we haven't found anything out there yet. So maybe we should have some. Yeah. Anyway, um. Okay, so that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> All of that digression is really looking at what I'm eating, doing some little experiments because I am a human. I have vices. So does one of them. I love it. Um, so, but I did take that time to just see, did it make me feel better? And it really did. And so I might be kind of like Sarah, and I'm not going to steal your thunder here, but I'm at that point where I'm about to admit to myself that I need to break up forever. We are never, ever, ever getting back together.
0: I, what about you? I, yeah, I have stopped drinking pop as well. I am, per my diet that I'm on to try and figure out my gut issues, I am on a water-only, a light tea. Uh, so I, like, I will drink tea if it comes from a tea bag and I will only steep it for a small amount of time and orange juice and pure cranberry juice which is not the best tasting Um,
1: and I, don't I mix the orange juice and cranberry I do. juice I mm-hmm. do
0: not drink straight cranberry juice because I think it's disgusting so I mix it with my orange juice <laughs> and I, I I can tell a difference because I'm not getting those stomach pains or I'm not feeling sick or getting headaches or anything like that. But the one that I don't want to admit to, and I want to do more testing on because I don't want to admit
1: to it. Of course you want to do more testing.
0: Is chocolate. So why do you think? That it might be an issue? Yes. Because I recognize white chocolate and milk chocolate have, um, added sugar into them. They uh, a lot of times have corn syrup, or they also have milk products in them. And so all of those, I already know my stomach cannot handle at this time. So, and I say at this time, because there is evidence that our stomachs will heal, and we have a chance of going back.
1: Yeah, we just have to stop the bad and reintroduce certain good things to rebuild. Yeah,
0: exactly. Mm -hmm. So at this time, my stomach cannot handle those. When it cut my further studies, I want to study dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. Do you I, like dark
1: chocolate? Mm, <laughs> I like dark chocolate when sugar is added to it. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. my whole thing is like, yeah, I tried it. And guess what? I don't fucking like it. It it's right. tastes like shit.
0: Oh, my gosh. And I've had 90% cacao. Cho- it's. <laughs>
1: no. Only if I'm going to shred that up for some brownies, which I'm adding massive amounts of sugar to.
0: Exactly. So that is my last course of action is to see if my stomach can handle dark chocolate. And I (laughs) have a feeling, (laughs) well, acid levels in chocolate are high and it's a bean and beans don't go well through the stomach during gut issues. So I just, I. Especially with SIBO
1: because they're very fermentable. Exactly. And it's a bean and it's being roasted, so it's extra acidic. That's the same with coffee. That's why white coffee isn't acidic. It's naturally just a bit acidic, but the acidity from coffee beans comes from the roasting process. Mm. So... Anyway, I'm interested, but I'm laughing because I literally am worried I'm going to come over to your house one day and find you in a chocolate coma. Just, like, chocolate all over your face, like, smeared on your body or asleep on your couch. Just, like, I'm like, what happened? And Brian would be like, she was testing out the chocolate. And I'm like, (laughs) see it in your pants. Be like, is that chocolate? No, that's poop. It didn't work. She pooped her pants.
0: Well, and for those listening, today is Halloween. So today (laughs) would be the day.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep what did sarah do last night well she (laughs) ate so much chocolate she shit herself into a coma oh gosh
0: our listeners you have to understand chocolate is something i am i will fully admit i'm addicted to it i could have chocolate on a daily basis and i want chocolate on a daily basis i love chocolate
1: She likes chocolate, like loves chocolate, like I love bread and or yes. coffee. Yes, yeah, like yes. Um. So other than chocolate and the things that you've already like corn, corn syrup, soda, mm-hmm. you know that type of thing. What's your next step? Like, what's next for you? Um. Yeah. With where you're and at right now.
0: So. Let's see. I am starting to, so currently I am on the SIBO diet, but in the process of introducing new things. So I have attempted to bring in potatoes and I think my stomach is able to handle a very small amount of potatoes. So if I have like five homemade French fries, um, my stomach can handle that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot have mashed potatoes or potato chips. My stomach does not mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then, uh, so i that's my plan. I'll just be reintroducing other foods in sm- small quantities at first. And then I'll build upon the quantities to see if that has any effect on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I think I'll be... Uh, trying black beans and lentils to see how that goes. Black beans are a type of bean that is supposed to be easier on the gut versus all other beans. So, be do trying. you like black beans though? I do actually. Mm, okay. I don't I don't like when they try to substitute protein with black beans. I don't mm. I think that's gross. But adding it to like a burrito or to a quesadilla which mm-hmm. I can't have cheese but that I like that that's totally fine
1: yeah and that'll give you some extra calories and protein exactly
0: that mm. and that's what I'm struggling with the most is making sure that I am eating enough calories within the day mm-hmm. um but I Going back to the mental health, I am now trying to keep closer track of my mental health uh, versus the foods that I eat. And Mm -hmm. I'm still struggling with whether or not I want to see a counselor. Like, I honestly think I should, but Mm -hmm. I'm trying to work myself up to making the call.
1: So I will, and this is in no way um what's it called promoted or sponsored or anything but I will suggest all day long the app um better health I think is what it's called and it allows you to set up a um relationship um hold on let me find this app yes Better help. And it allows you to find a professional counselor and are licensed therapist, but you open the relationship by texting and okay. you text back and forth with this person. And that was how I started my counseling journey. Now with everything that I was going through at the time, because that was when I was um, experiencing a lot with my family and my son and they referred me to a local in-person person Um, Just because of the amount of stuff going on and how I was feeling like I was really talking, thinking about hurting myself and things like that at the time because of everything that was going on. So they wanted me Mm -hmm. to see somebody in person. So I did. Um, But that really was amazing to open that door and actually have somebody to talk with. That's unbiased. That doesn't know anything, but then you don't have to have that face to face interaction you can just have a texting or they do like a call. You know, you can do a call. You can do FaceTime. There's options of what you can do. So better okay. help. So anyway, that might be an option for you. And how about you? Um, so for me right now, two things. One... I am trying to reach my goal weight by the end of the year. Um, I have about 30 pounds I want to lose. Um, and I'm getting closer. So I want to lose about three pounds a week. I don't know if I'll make it by the end of the year because it's kind of aggressive. The closer I get to my goal weight, I know that I'll plateau. And it'll mm-hmm. be harder to get yeah. off, you know, like the last 15 pounds or whatever. Um, but... So that's one of my goals. The challenge thus far has been my eating habits. I wake up and um, if you've listened to our previous uh, recordings, our previous podcast episodes, you'll know that when I wake up, I'm very nauseous. And Sarah, you're similar, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have a process to, to even be able to try to eat. And I have a window. And with my mental health struggles lately, I've been struggling to get out of bed in the morning. I'll just be very honest. I, mm-hmm. my anxiety gets a little out of control. I start thinking about everything that I need to do. And instead of just getting up and starting with just one thing that I know, like usually if I'm having a really good week or a day, I start by making my bed. And if I make my bed, it helps me to be like, look, at least I fucking accomplished one thing. I yeah. accomplished my bed being made. Um, and so my, my physical space lately has been really impacting my mental health and like getting up in the morning has been a struggle. So then I miss my window to eat. So then I'm struggling with fatigue, um, because I'm not getting any nutrition or calories in. Um, so I struggle with my fatigue and things like that throughout the day so that I'm not exercising. So it's kind of like this whole spiral and it really comes down to, my mental health is impacting my ability to eat, which is then impacting my mental health. So it's going like through this cycle. And so I am trying to find a supplement, um, for my diet. So like, um, a protein supplement or protein shake or something like that, that has greens and a lot of nutrition in it that doesn't taste like shit. Mm Um, it's not super powdery. So I have a lot of expectations. I have like a list of criteria. It needs to taste good. I, so I want, I want to crave to want it. Right. I want my body to want to have it. And so right now, if I'm good, I will wake up. I'll have about two tablespoons of yogurt. Um, I have this one yogurt that works really great with my stomach. It's called Greek gods. It's literally three ingredients. um, But yogurt is a lot of sugar. And Mm. so you're starting your day with sugar um, and some protein. But anyway, so I usually will just have a couple tablespoons of that because I have to eat something in order to take my hormones. And so um, I'll do that. I'll have my coffee, which is a bad habit because I'm also then putting this milk and stuff that I know upsets my stomach into my body. And that sets off my day for gut issues and then I don't want to eat lunch and so
0: have you tried any alternatives to coffee
1: like tea yeah yeah I like tea I just don't like it as much as coffee
0: and like taste wise or energy wise
1: taste wise so for me I could drink decaf coffee it has nothing to do okay with the caffeine
0: okay okay
1: I don't care about the chocolate situation Yeah, I just enjoy a hot beverage in the morning. I could have a chai tea. I could have my coffee. Coffee is my choice. And the problem is I like my coffee sweet and it goes back to just like sugar. And then you get a sugar crash because you're not eating food. I'm not eating food. So I'm going to be trying out a protein shake that is mixed with like these um, healthy greens and so in the mornings and then also for lunch. And I'm thinking if I can do that twice a day, it should really help with my energy levels. Um, the other thing I've been doing is I've added in um, for energy in the morning, I've added in some supplements. So I do a BCAA supplement, um, which is a uh, branched chain amino acids. So it's an amino acid, um, formula basically there's like usually three of them i think like that are in there um but it helps to give you energy and so it's a natural way to get energy but then it's like you can get those by eating different foods so that's why i want to try the greens and things like that so nice i'm at the supplement stage mixed with really pinpointing the items that are making me feel like shit and having a serious conversation with myself self of Does this Mexican Coke bring me enough joy to counteract how it will make me feel physically and mentally? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I know that sounds like really crazy to talk to a bottle of Coke like that. I'm literally holding an empty bottle of Coke in my hand right now, looking at it and saying, do I love you enough to make you make me Feel like shit Mm. for a specific amount of time. And if the answer is yes, then you just have to be okay with the consequences of that choice. Right. But if I answer yes to that and then go to Paul and say, I feel like shit, I blah, 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 and then he says, Well, you drank that Coke, I can't be a bitch and be mad because he's literally telling me something I know. Stop being a bitch. I know. You know what I mean? Brian does the same thing to me. So Mm. whenever
0: in the past before the diet, when I would eat dairy or anything that it's like, I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's going to completely wreck me. And I start complaining, oh, I don't feel good. Like, I think I'm gonna get sick, blah, blah, blah. And Brian is just like, well, why'd you eat it?
1: Yeah, like, what the fuck did you this, think would happen?
0: Exactly. Like you knew this
1: was going to happen. So that's right. like you yes, thought this I was know. unicorn cheese, Sarah, and this this was the magical cheese day that was never gonna impact right. your bowels. Like life exactly. doesn't work that way. You're an adult, you're in your thirties, girl. You know it does not work that way. Uh, so
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. Um so we're kind of both at the same spot. Um I do intend to go back after the first of the year to my naturopath and get my food allergies retested. It's been, or my food intolerances retested. It's been three years. So they do suggest you can get them retested. I've had a lot of things change, including like stress factors in my life, Mm -hmm. um, like with my job and stuff. And I'm curious to see what has changed since then. Um, And then also with the supplements and me making some changes, they can look at my blood again and tell me, you know, am I making progress with the inflammation in my blood?
0: And I've considered the same, retaking the breath test to see if my SIBO actually did officially go away or if I need to go on another round of antibiotics, and I also want to go see the natural path as well, because of how much I'm learning the difference between allergies and intolerances. Yep. And I I, just, I, I'm not sure yet if I want to commit to that only because of finances, money mm-hmm. situation. So mm-hmm. if I had all the money in the world, I for sure would be doing these steps already. Um, But because of my situation right now, I am taking a step back and trying to plan, I guess you could say, or consider if I should just try to do this on my own or if I should seek the medical assistance.
1: Yeah. And I think what's exciting is part of both of our planning phase that we're in right now. And it's a cycle, like one of those things that I learned. And it's so funny because Sarah, um, I don't even know if you know you do this, but you constantly remind me of like value of things I've learned in the past. But, um, one of the things that I've learned from a corporate environment is the plan do check, check and act or adjust cycle, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're going through change, um, and, or going through processes and trying to understand what's the best way to do something. So I really feel at this point, we're kind of in that, adjust phase. So Mm -hmm. we're making adjustments and then going back to planning. And you have to do that to really assess, like, did the plan that I used that I executed on last time, did it even get me anywhere? Um, I think it did. It got us at least knowledge. It got us on the right track to understanding and identifying what our bodies are feeling and doing. Yep. Um, but now we need to go back to plan again and say, OK, well, we're still not where we want to be. So now what's the next step? And then going through the doing and checking and adjusting again. Um. And so part of that plan for us is to interview some people. So yeah. we are going to have. Um, quite a few people come through. We're hoping to get some doctors on, um, reaching out to our doctors as well. If anybody listening has doctors that they know that are gastrointestinal specialists or any type of poop specialist or gut specialist, and they might be interested in being interviewed, please, um, have them reach out to us. They can email us or contact us through social media. Um, but we're not leaving you guys hanging. We, we want to interview, um, anyone out there that wants to talk about their poop issues and gut issues and what they have done or what they want to do um, or questions that they have, we'd love to hear from you. So feel free to reach out to us.
0: And like you were kind of mentioning before, the reason why we're wanting to do interviews is so it's collective knowledge. It's so Mm -hmm. you guys can hear from other points of view, other perspectives and seeing how gut issues is very, very general and that other people have different kinds of side effects for either similar or different reasons.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if there's anybody out there that has been able to successfully identify what was causing their problems, treat and get to some sort of like homeostasis with their life and what they're eating, please reach out to us and tell us how you did it. Because if there's a magic plan, we'd love to know. Love the magic plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening.
0: Yeah, thank you. Until next time.